year. It's dream day. So it's the vision. It's yay. Let me tell you what we're doing. So um, this is my other second half fun part of dream day. I love looking back, but then I love looking forward. And what does God want to do? What is he doing? And as I really was seeking God in this, I kept being reminded of the beginning. And it's kind of weird for me to be reminded of the beginning because I'm always looking forward. Kind of like, yeah, leave what is done in the past behind and just keep moving forward. And I just kept kind of being drawn back to the beginning. And when I say the beginning, it's, it's the beginning of when I got called into ministry, into family ministry. And um, as I began to look at it and pray and say, okay, God, what is it? I felt like he showed me. He was like, your heart at the beginning. Because my heart at the beginning of family ministry came because of a book or a class that I took on a book study from about spiritual parenting written by Michelle Anthony. And I went into this class having just had my third son. And honestly, I was just going to this class so that I could go to break from my kids for two hours. I mean, that's what's it. Okay? Chris knows. I was like, I'm leaving. I'm out. Um, and I'm going to a class and it's six weeks and you're going to watch the kids. And so I walked into this room, and what you have to realize is I'm, a, I'm a, not a brand-new parent. You know, now I have three. But I'm a parent who is really trying to reach perfection. I mean, okay, I was expecting that I am going to train these children to have amazing behaviors. They are going to love God. They are going to have great attitudes. And they're basically going to do anything and everything that Dr. Laura and everybody else is telling me that I need to have my kids do. And I was like, got it. Okay. And I mean, really, like, I'm like, book after book after book. I'm like, okay, yeah, totally going to get those kids. You know, it's just going to be great. And I'm going in. I'm not kidding. Like, with this mindset, I am in control, and I have got this down. And I may have twins, but they're going to come out good. I'm like, okay, we got it. So I'm like going to this spiritual parenting class for a break, you know, because I'm such a great parent trying to reach perfection. And I go to this class, and my world completely changed in a moment. And it changed in a moment because what had happened was God used this class to say, Danielle, stop taking control. I'm in control. And I will just never forget that, like, breath of relief. Like, oh, thank you, because I have no idea what I'm doing. And I was just like, oh, thank you, God. I'm so happy that you're in control. But then as I really started to think about it, it was so true. I was trying to do everything on my own or, you know, with obviously with my husband. But we were trying to do it, and we weren't allowing God to come in and have control. And he was saying, you know what, Danielle, just let me show you. Depend upon me for your child's spiritual development and their moral development. Just surrender to me. Let me come in and just come alongside what I'm doing, and this is going to be an awesome journey. And really that posture of surrender and trusting in God fully is really why I'm standing here today. Because as I began to do that as a parent, slowly then he began calling me into this idea of family ministry. And I remember taking on the same posture of, I don't, what? I have three kids. I don't have any time. What are you talking about? Why would you want me? And God was just like, you know what? You just need to stop. And you need to let me be in control. And you just need to follow what I'm doing. And that is what my heart really desires for me to do here. And that was a reminder of this year. And that is what my vision is for this year is really, I'm just stopping. And I'm putting my hands up 
And I'm just saying, okay, God, what is it that you want to do? Because this family ministry thing is a new thing. And I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm in the thick of it. You know, it's not like I've already, I've already raised a family so I can come in. I'm doing family alongside with you guys. And I'm excited. I'm looking forward to this year. I know that's like, okay, Danielle, that's not a lot. Don't worry. I'm not, I'm not changing up things. There's not like a big thing. But I'm just going, God, you're in control. And I'm going to come alongside what you want to do here at Lighthouse and with the families. And I'm going to follow it. And that is really where my heart is. And that is what I desire to do. So as I did that, really, I was like, okay, God, what do you want me to do? i got to come up with something, you know, on Sunday. And um, got it. I'm surrendering. And I'll never forget, it was um, God really laid on my heart, spiritual, go back to the beginning. I'm like, got it, spiritual parenting, okay, yeah. But spiritual parenting kept coming up. And so I met with my husband because really, and I do have to be honest, we are a team in this. You would not see me up here if it wasn't for that man right there. He is the one who um, watches the kids all the time so that I can come here and minister. And you're the one who ministers alongside with me with the youth. And thank you. And I just want to make sure I say that as well, is that, you know, this is a team thing. So whenever I have ideas or whatever I'm going into ministry, I go right to him after I go to God. And then I go right to him and I say, okay. So I went to him. I'm like, so God's telling us. Um, spiritual parenting. And he's like, all right, well, we probably then need to have a spiritual parenting class. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do a spiritual parenting class. You know, I'm like, and so guess what? We are going to do a spiritual parenting class and we're not going to wait. We have decided we are going to do it right away. So me and Chris, as we've been talking, we really want the spiritual parenting class to be a smaller, intimate setting. We really love to have people and invite them into our home and really minister um, alongside with them and really speak into their lives. Well, because I feel like when you invite people into your home, then they speak into your lives just as much as well. And um, so we want to invite three couples to come and commit to a spiritual parenting class. And we are going to offer this starting not this Monday, but next Monday. So it is going to start on Monday, January 12th. See, I wrote on my notes the date so I wouldn't forget. So it's Monday, January 12th, and it's the first three couples that approach me and can make the commitment, okay? So here is the commitment. is It is a six-week class. So it will be for the next six Mondays. So it's January 12th all the way through February 16th is our last one. It will be every Monday. There is a couple holidays in there, but we're meeting on those days. So really every Monday for the next six weeks. Um, and it's going to be from 7 to 9 o'clock. We are going to host it um, for parents with the young ones. The big thing is with your commitment, with the sacrifice, is you guys are going to need to provide your own child care, okay? So I don't have, like, a child care that, that I can provide, but when you provide your own child care, we are going to cover all of your material costs. So really, that is going to be, like, the cost factor will be your child care, Um but we will cover everything else for you, and um, believe me, it's going to be worth every penny. I mean, that this class really changed my life, and this class is really, it's the heart of 
family ministry. It's the heart of what I am desiring here at Lighthouse and to have our families capture and to hold on to that. So if you are interested, um, please just come let me know. Again, I need like a commitment commitment, um, but then I will put you down. And I only got three, and I knew kind of coming up here, I was like, people are going to be like, really, Danielle? That's what that's your dream is you're going to minister to three families. But, no, that's not it. It's just I'm going to do the spiritual parenting class, and I'm excited to see the other opportunities that God's going to bring because he has instilled in my heart offering different classes and different opportunities, guys, to come alongside you families, whether, you know, you have grandkids, whether you have older kids, whether you have um, youth kids, whether you have the kids across the street, is I really am, I want to just come alongside you guys and support and equip you guys this year and really give you opportunities in which we can take these classes and, and um, support you. That's what I really want. So um, that is my desire. That is my heart. That's why I'm coming to you. I hope that now you guys understand a little bit about where I'm going and where um, I'm heading us in the direction for 2015. And I'm really excited for you guys to join me, especially on this journey of parenting. Let's pray for Danielle before she leaves here. Guys, pray with me. Father, we thank you uh, for your calling in our life, for your clarifying our purpose and helping us understand that we are unique and that you want to use us in a unique way. So we ask, Holy Spirit, that you might speak not only to Danielle but to each of us here, that we can continue to respond to your urgings and to your direction and that we can experience this wonder of having families with purpose, with direction, and with a great hope. Thank you as you continue to work in her and use her to give us guidance and direction here. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Give her a hand. So I want you to take out your outlines now, and we're going to segue a little bit into the question, the issue of, well, this idea of family and this idea of image and purpose and direction, where does this all come from? Oftentimes, I'll have people come to me and and they'll talk about the place that they find themselves in or the job that they're doing or how this isn't working or how that isn't working. And the question that I most often want to ask people is, is this. Do you know who you are? Do you know your purpose in life, what God has called you to? Can you understand and clarify to me what your image is? Early back in Genesis, it tells us that God created us in his image. And I've taken that word image and made it into an acronym that talks about how we can discover who we are and what our calling is as people. Remember Jesus, when he talked to the Nicodemus, to a variety of other peoples, he often used a term called you need to be born again. Another thing he used to say was he had the children come and he said, unless you become like a little child, like a baby, like you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You, you can't experience what God desires for you. You can't have this not only sense of purpose, but you don't have this conclusion to your purpose as your life ends. You see, God desires for us to have not just a life, but a legacy. So that after my life is done, I can look back and see how God has fulfilled his purpose through me and in me to accomplish something that never would have happened if I had not submitted 
to the image that he had made of who I am. I am not Rick Warren. I'm not Chuck. I am not John MacArthur. I'm, I'm not any of these people. And when I first began and recognized my call to ministry, my tendency was to try to copy all these guys. Because I said, they're the greatest. I want to be like Chuck Swindoll. My wife says I am, by the way. So anyway, but I wanted to be, I saw a model. I said, I want to be like that. And God said to me later on, Lee, why don't you just be you? What's wrong with you? And I said, well, I'm okay, but these guys are really something. God said, yeah, but I made you to be you, just as I made them to be them. And I have a calling and a purpose and intention for you. Do you know your image? Do you know who you are? And as I began to understand that image, that calling that he had given me, I began to have a sense of contentment. And I gained the sense of, oh, I'm doing what God wants me to do. Not what other people want me to do. Not what other people think I should do, but what God has called me to be and to do. And that changes everything in our life. Because from that point on, the issues become issues of trusting God. Uh, my life verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, that the Lord gave me within the first week of giving my life over to Him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. That's the hard part. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And then He will direct your paths. And that's what image is all about. It's understanding the ways in which God directs our path. Because He gives us a lot of different Directions in a variety of different ways so that we can be assured that we are following what it is that he wants us to follow and accomplishing what it is he wants to accomplish in us. Today, I want to start off in this I'll call image one, and next week will be image two. And try to help us grab a hold of or get a handle on this concept of discovering who we are, our images, how God has made us, and then beginning to see how that fits into God's plan for us in relationship to our relationships with others, our jobs, our structures, and especially, as we talk about today, our children, those of us who are older and have children or grandchildren, helping them to discover their purpose. Because I want to say this up front. It's not easy. It's not easy. It is hard work. I always say, Lord, why didn't you make it easier? And I I got this kind of quote from somebody just kind of popped in my head and said, nothing that's easy is worth much. But things that are hard are worth a lot. And that's what I've discovered in my life. If it's easy, it's rarely worth a whole lot. But when it's hard, and it's work and it's effort, then there's a sense of accomplishment. There's a sense of awareness. And it changes who we are. Discovering who you are is work and effort and intention. If you want to discover your image, you have to be involved in prayer with God. You have to be interacting with other people. You have to be looking at yourself You have to push away this false idea that you know who you are because most of you don't know who you are. But other people around you got a pretty good idea. And if you'll listen to them, they'll help you discover yourself and you'll begin to hear what God has been trying to say to you all along. What is my image? What is my purpose? 
Psalm 139, verse 13 says, I praise you, Lord, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And, and the first process of discovering your image is you have to recognize that you are an individual. So as I said earlier, I'm not these people. I am me. And that is all I have to be. And it's all I want to be. And when I accept that, then life becomes powerful and meaningful. Because I discover my purpose and direction in life. The psalmist here is trying to help us understand that every person has a purpose. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have a purpose. You do. You have a purpose. God has an intention for you. You You are incredibly powerful. You are influencing hundreds and thousands of people's lives. You have a purpose. And God desires to work that purpose in you. The psalmist says, you knit me or you sewed me together. You began to create me. And he's not just talking about the sinews and the the heart and our arms and our legs and our face and our nose that's too big or our lips are too small or, or whatever it is. He's talking about us. God says, man, I made you so you could be exactly what I needed you to be for me. I was intentional. God said, I didn't create you by chance. I was intentional. You're not a random collection of biological particles and cells that just happen to become a human being. You are intentional. The Bible says God tweaked you right down to an individual DNA that we've only discovered fairly recently, even though we think nothing of it. We began to discover that each one of you are so individual that there is literally nobody like when they said you're one in a million. No, you're one in a billion. One in a billion. You are so remarkable in the way that God made you and his intention for you. And the struggle that you're having in your life is that you're trying to become something else other than who he made you to be. Because when you become whom God wants you to be and accept and rejoice in that, God works through you in powerful ways and contentment will flood through your life. You will have what we've called shalom, this sense of well-being, this sense of, wow, God is such a wonderful God working in me and using me, and I get to see great things happen. The word you wonderfully make could be translated distinct or marked out. We're all different and unique with motivations and abilities and gifts and experiences, each one different. Who are you? I still love that term that I learned in Africa where he says, I, I see you. And, it, and, and the, the point of this is that some of you that you know, some of you people here, I know you and I see you and I can walk in and say, I see you and I recognize not just a face, but a whole series of, of events and structures and experiences and, and personality. All these things, when I look at you, I see all of that. All those things will whoop right into my brain. I have an incredible brain. All of you have that same thing. You ever think about that? You look at this person, there's all these memories and thoughts, good, bad in between. It's amazing. And you go, oh, and we put these name tags on because you probably remembered all that stuff but forgot their name. So you can look over there and I like it up high. I like it high, unlike, you know, some people that put it down low on their pants because when you have it down low on your pants, I have to do this. And then look up. Jane, so good to see you. Charles. Charles put it on his bottom. I said, Charles, so good to see you. I forgot his name, but he saw that little drop down. He said, ah, 
You forgot my name, didn't you, Lee? You're not so great after all. Yeah, I know. I admit it. The reason we have name tags is because I forget names. And it's a wonderful thing uh, to remember people's names. So it reinforces it all the time. Proverbs 22.6 has an interesting way of putting it. It says, train up a child in the way they should go. And, and when they're old, they won't go away from it. Now, a lot of people thought that way was referring to teaching people in relationship to who God is and how he works in our life and the faith and the concept. And so many people hung on to that promise and said, well, as long as I've taught my child the way, then they'll become a Christian later on in life. But that's not what it's talking about. That's not what it's discussing. The way is used only a few other times in Scripture, and it talks about the way of a snake and how it glides and moves, or the way of an eagle and how it flies and swoops, understanding an eagle. The way refers to the uniqueness of each individual. That as a parent, I'm responsible for my children to help them discover their way. Now, some of you know Danielle's my daughter. And helping her discover her way was a remarkable, remarkable thing. Watching her develop and grow. And, and then as she began to more fully comprehend it, became this person. I think my older daughter, Joy, going through the same thing of my, my younger son, David, and then my youngest son, who I'm really working on, John. He's only 19, so he's got farther to go. And we're going, you need to discover your uniqueness, your way, who you are, how God created you, this wondrous person that you are. God wants to use you powerfully. He wants you to understand your purpose. He wants you to have contentment. He wants you to have joy. And if you'll yield to his direction and purpose in life, you'll have all those things. As parents, our responsibility is to help our kids to discover their way, their uniqueness, the wonder of who they are. And if your son's five foot three, he's probably not going to be a basketball star. Okay, that's an easy one. If he's six foot eight, he still may not be a basketball star. Ask John Nelson. <laughs> it it isn't just about our size, although that can help us. It's all the different areas. As parents, we've watched them and we've prayed over them and, and seen them and seen them study and all these different things. We begin to go, okay, I think that this is kind of who they really are and what God has called them to do, and to be. And we want to help them to discover that early on so it doesn't take too long to it. I praise you because I am fearfully, wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know it full well. So we want to help our children to understand their way and the individual calling that each of them have. And as they discover that part of their image, then they kind of move to the next part, which helps them to, to begin to grasp what this individuality is talking about. And that's our motivation. So Psalm 33, 13 says, He made their hearts... So he understands everything they do. He made their heart so he understands everything they do. It's about motivation. It's about why one person watches football and is excited and pumped about it. Another person says, why would you watch that? That is a waste of time. It's boring. It's stupid. 
totally different motivations and attitude in relationship to certain things that we look at and that we do. Because of our hearts, of who we are. You're motivated differently than I am. You have a different psyche. It's attitudinal. Each of us has a unique heart desire. In fact, each of us has a different heartbeat, literally. Did you know that? Your heart has a unique beat, and it's all your own, and nobody else has the same one. Bionem is a new company that was recently developed, and they have developed what's called the NIMI, and it's a small device that you actually put on. It's like a wristwatch, and it's an electrocardiogram. It authenticates user identity. In effect, it turns a person's own heartbeat into a unique key that can be used to unlock any conceivable device. Everyone's got a unique heartbeat. It's based on the size and the shape of your heart, the orientation of your valves, your physiology. It doesn't change unless you have a major cardiac event like a heart attack. So your heart confirms your identity. Just get that your heart confirms your identity. See, Danielle is called the family ministry, and you look at her heart and you go, yeah, that's pretty obvious to everybody. Marge Menarchi is called to what? Preschool ministry. And it's so obvious. Her heart just beats preschool. Everything's about preschool. You know, when she comes to me as her boss, it's all about you need to take care of these preschool things. I don't care about the other stuff. Preschool. And I'm like, hold it, Marge. There's other things too. Yes, but they're not as important. You don't understand. Look at these little things. You know, I go, yeah, 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 I get it. Passionate. Heartbeat. Boom, that's it. See, my heartbeat is about unity and ministry. I want us to be unified, moving forward, accomplishing the purpose that God has for each one of us within our ministry. It's about having a church that people look at and say, not, you know, if it wasn't for the church, I would follow Jesus. But because of the church, I'm following Jesus. That's what I want to have. I want a church that is so together that people go, wow, when I see that church, I recognize that God is alive. And he's moving in our lives, in the lives of those around us. You see, when we identify our heartbeat and other people are able to see it, everything changes if we'll follow our heart. Here's a great clip I want you to watch. It's from a movie called Rudy. Having dreams is what makes life tolerable. And I would say discovering who you are and what God has called you to do and to be is what makes life happen. Because in the midst of that, you will find God directing and controlling and providing all these different circumstances and situations so that you can accomplish what it is that he's called you to accomplish. You see, God just doesn't say, this is your purpose See you later. God says, this is your purpose, and I will walk alongside you, and I will help you accomplish that purpose. All you need to do is trust in me with all your heart. Don't lead in your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge me, and I 
will direct. I'll provide everything you need. <coughs> I'll put it all together and make it straight. All the paths are necessary for you to walk so you can experience that in your life. Now, we talked about you need to be an individual. Recognize you're an individual. You're not anybody else. You're not supposed to be anybody else. God has made you individually and intentionally. And he's given you a particular attitude. Okay? He's given you a particular motivation. And he's provided that with you, for you, so you can help understand what your calling and direction is. But there's far more than that. We can walk through the next age aspect of this. So if you talk about I'm, which was today, we just said the I and the M. And next week, we're going to walk through the next three areas. We're going to talk about abilities. We're going to talk about grace gifts. We're going to talk about experiences. And it's going to be a powerful week. Next Sunday when we get together, you're going to hear some testimonies and some sharing that some which I would love to have today, but we just don't have time. So I'm going to close this up with this thought. Turn to your outlines towards the end. And it talks about the aspect that each of us needs to learn how to get cleaned up before you can discover or see your particular identity. There's a wonderful verse in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18, I think it is. And it says that as we continue to gaze in the glory of God, we find ourselves changed our image so we can see more clearly what our image actually is. It's a wonderful, amazing verse talking to us and helping, trying to teach us that God desires for us to see who we are and to see how we can become more clearly what we are called to be. So we no longer have to squint to see it, but it gives us glasses so we can see clearly. This is the path. This is the way. Walk in it. Walk in it. And watch what God desires to do within your life. Jesus turned to his disciples. And as he was closing up his time with them together, he does some amazing things that will impact their life greatly. And help them to understand their calling and direction. And he gives two prime directives here to each of them in relationship to who they are and how God wants to work. And the first thing he does is he will bow before each man and he will clean their feet. Literally, with a towel and water, he will wash their feet. And then he talks to them about the need to be cleaned by him consistently, regularly. And he's saying that when you walk in this world, you're going to come into contact with a lot of sin. And it's going to cause you to smell. It's going to get you dirty. And you need to have a cleansing bath on a regular basis. Jesus said it this way. A person who is bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you're clean. But that isn't true of everyone here. For Jesus knew who would betray him. And that's what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. You see, there was one person here who was refusing to yield to the image and the direction that God desired for their life. And the result would be that person would betray God. And Jesus was aware of it. But he said, you know, each one of you don't need to go that way. The Lord has made everything and everyone for his own purpose. And when he begins to clean us up, we begin to not only smell better, so other people like being around us, but we begin to see better. We begin to understand more clearly who we are and what we're meant to be. Because it's not for my purpose. 
is for God's purpose. It's not for a selfish, self-centered concept or idea so I can feel better. It's so that God can use me to help other people feel better. And in that process, I get to feel better as well. I get to have a sense of accomplishment, a sense of purpose, a sense of completion. You see, God created everything. He has a plan. Everything fits together piece by piece by piece. And he wants to be part of that plan. He created you with a purpose. And you're not here by accident. Not in this world and not in this place. You're here today because God wants to speak to you. And he wants to remind you what your calling is. And it's worth giving up everything else to accomplish the purpose and the intention that he has for you. And if you're willing to do that, he simply says, right now, all you need to do is let me clean your feet each day. And today, let him clean you entirely. Recognize your sin. Lay it before him. Ask him to remove it from you. Make him Lord of your life. Commit to him fully. And when that happens, everything's going to change. But just a little bit today. And tomorrow a little bit more. And the next day a little bit more. And you'll consistently have these opportunities and choices to make. And the choice will be, will you let God clean you? Will you walk in his path? Or will you choose instead to continue walking in the way that you want to go? You see, that's why it's so hard. It's a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly calling from God. Let's pray. Father, today we come to you as people who desire to be involved in our purpose. Lord, we know that you've created each one of us here in your image with intention that you desire for each of us to understand what that is. And you desire to use us to influence others' lives around us so that we might be impactful with our lives, so that we can leave a legacy that we can look back upon and rejoice over all that you have done and that you're going to continue to do with hundreds, even thousands of people, continuing to help them discover their image and calling. And we pray that today you might help us to be a family, a family that comes together to help one another discover the way, the way that we're supposed to be involved, the way in which we're supposed to be ministering and ministered to, the way that you have set up. Lord, speak to us in these areas. Help us to commit to it and follow through as we yield to your will in our lives. Thank you, Lord. As you guide us today, we make these commitments to you. Work in us, Lord. We want to discover our purpose. If you want to discover your purpose for God, I want you to raise your hand. Say, Lord, I want to discover my purpose. Come on, do it. Lord, I want to discover my purpose. Thank you, Father, as you begin the process of answering that prayer.